Network Radio for everyone, every day, with your host, Deborah Gould. Yes, I am Deborah Washington Gould, President and CEO of Deborah Gould and Associates, Inc. It's a New Orleans-based management consulting and performance management business founded in 1996. Yay! Celebrating 27 years. I would like to ask that you visit my website at www.gouldassoc.com. That's ghoulassoc.com, where you can learn more about my professional service offerings and training, facilitating, executive coaching, management consulting, and business motivational keynoting. So we're here today to, as you can see, my guest today is Mr. John Renfrow. He is the founder and CEO of Cajun Fire Brewery. But let me tell you a little bit about the hustle skirt. The mission is about promoting communicate and amplify the influence of men like John and women entrepreneurs for profit. You heard me right, for profit businesses. Or on occasion, I might invite every once in a while a C-suite or a higher executive with a corporation, government, or nonprofit organization. But for right now, all the energy around Hustle Skirt Podcast is for entrepreneurs. So let's understand the meaning. When I say Hustle Skirt, it's all about positivity, the influence of men and women like John Renthrow in the business community, serving as entrepreneurs, mentor, small business advocacy, our work stretched beyond just beyond the commitment of our businesses. What we give back to the business community and our communities to make a difference. So without a doubt, we don't want to get it twisted. John and Deborah, we are not just fooling around. We are for real businesses. And you're going to learn more about this gentleman in a minute. But just keep in mind, when I say hustle skirt, it's Individuals like John and Deborah never give up. Believe in yourself. We don't take no for granted and we don't take no for an answer. Be confident, be bold, be courageous, be encouraging. But by God, be prosperous because we put a lot of sweat equity in our businesses every day. So with that being said, without a doubt, we did not live this long and strong to be put on the back shelf. So we are making a difference in our business community. So with that being said, I've mentioned John's name a couple of times, John L. Renthrow. I want to share his credentials. So we'll reach out to this gentleman more than just this platform today. John L. Renthrow. 35. Yeah, y'all. Handsome fella, huh? He's happily married, ladies. 
And <laughs> it's a pleasure to know this gentleman. I've had the chance and privilege to get to know him through the New Orleans Regional Black Chamber and so many other places within the minority business community. But John is a native New Orleanian and member of the United Nation of Homa Indians and indigenous tribal community located in Bayou region of Southern Louisiana. He will have to tell us more about that because I've met another couple that's in Slidell, Louisiana, I believe is a part of this same United Nation of Homa in the, in, in, let me say that again, Indians. He is CEO of Cajun Fire Brewing Company, the first, you heard me right, the first Black and Native American-owned brewing company in the U.S. South, and an internationally recognized brewmaster by trade profession. Please help me welcome my guest today, John L. Renthrow. Hello, John. I appreciate you so much, Miss uh, Miss Deborah Gould. <laughs> oh, we're not going to be Miss Deborah. We're all about business. We are John yeah. Deborah. It is my privilege to have you today because I have tried your product. I think everything. I mean, man, you all over in terms of major supermarkets, and you're going to tell us all about that. And just not oh, just those venues, but so many other places. So this audience get to see the real deal. An African-American man who is making his mark in this particular industry. So are you ready, John? You got me fired up. It's kind of hard for me to stay seated. I want to run out there. And <laughs> I, I want you energized and enthusiastic because look, I have fun. I mean, when we hang out together, it's all, it's all real, but you, you, your business savvy. I just love watching you in action. And I want other folks to get to know you, John. So with that being said, all of my guests know that Deborah bring it with questions because mm -hmm. this is an opportunity to engage you to talk about your business as well as to get folks acquainted and excited about what you're doing here internationally. Here we go. Why did you decide to start your own business? So it's twofold. Uh, one is circumstances that occurred. Um, just to give you a backstory, I'm, I'm 35. So Hurricane Katrina, um, that incident happened when I was in my senior year of high school. And I was just kind of getting into the entrepreneurship space. I was, uh, it might sound light, but I was burning CDs and I was selling CDs. And that was my first real like taste of entrepreneurship. So I, I, would, I would be burning CDs. I stayed right by Circuit City. Every Tuesday, whenever all the new drops come out, I would get out there, burn the CDs. And at that time, it used to be an all-day thing. So I used to go to school tired. <laughs> and be, that would be my entrepreneurship dive. And then uh, Katrina happened. Unfortunately, I was displaced. Um, I wanted to always go into culinary, a culinary background. Uh, but the school I went to uh, was a, uh, a school at University of Florida. They didn't offer any of that. Um, so I still had these big kettle gumbo pots and stuff, which was my life belongings. And um, I started uh, brewing beer. I couldn't really brew gumbo worth the, you know what? Uh, but I can make, I can make beer. I can make alcohol. And um, 
when I looked at the market, I saw there weren't anybody, wasn't anybody that looked like me. And it was a multi-billion dollar industry, still is a multi-billion dollar industry. I was like, all right, I'm going to take my hand at it. And what really, I guess, put me at the point of no return in this entrepreneurship journey, I couldn't find anybody that would hire me, give me opportunity, uh, give anybody in my community uh, any space to, to really um, to engage this market. So I had to create my own. So what's unique about Cajun Fire Brewery, that name? I see that you wear in your company apparel. And I'm just mm -hmm. curious, of all the names you could have picked, I mean, it's, it's part of Louisiana, but how, how much thought and time did you put into saying Cajun Fire? So when I, when I first created the term, or to, or to use the, the company name Cajun Fire, um, my my mind if i had to go back my, my company we uh we 12 years old uh we the second longest continuously operating black owned beer brand in u.s history um i was trying to channel in all right what in the market uh would attract a buyer to pick my product and not only that if let's just say if my product was is outside the state what would allow them to know what region my product is coming from um you know there's that side of it from just a marketing side uh, from a saleability side, from a pool ratio side, but also um, the history, you know, the New Orleans, it was destroyed by fire two times. A lot of our architecture wise mismatch and they got a lot of, you know, different architectural styles. Our, our city was de destroyed by fire uh, in 1788 and then again in 1796. So, you know, there's a lot of history in that. I Why figured that would be a good thing. Yeah. And uh, also you might find it's funny. Uh, swamp people, you know, that, that show when they, when they do test demographics, that's one of the highest rated uh, Discovery Channel programs. And I looked at how Cajun, that kind of side of Cajun culture was testing around all these different uh, out of the country markets. And I was like, all right, let me just let me uh, go into that space. It's already something people could just automatically transport their mind to when they see it. They know what region it's coming from. You're it's so a lot. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a lot that I don't have to speak on. It's a lot that I don't have to necessarily engage when people see my product. So oh, unique. That's yeah. a unique selling position. Bravo to you, John. And yeah, it was a good choice because I've, I've had to defend. Yeah, and I had the and just a testament to how good the brand is. Um, I've had to defend it in court a couple of times. So I, I own that. It's locked in box, word mark, trademark. Uh, we'll see the next battle, but so far, so good. I've been winning my cases as well for All protection. Right. All right. That was important to say that, John, for encouraging so many of emerging and young entrepreneur and that you're being such a young age keep that fight in you too how many, how many times do you have to do it stand, right stand up and speak up so mm -hmm. let's continue with the next question how would you describe your company's success so far so far um if i'm being honest i think we've been we've been quite successful i really don't have any any companies that's in my space that I can I can look to like just for instance when I got started you know I always always say we the first this and that but it's with a grain of salt because the reality is there've been other pioneers that been in my my position but we the reality other reality is we we weren't recognized as far as Black Americans as human beings so you can own an LLC so a lot of those narratives about people that's been in my space is lost. Um, we are the most uh, regionally distributed Black-owned beer brand, and we ain't we only getting started yet. So you know, I, I think um, 
I would say delayed gratification would be the, the feelings I normally get. I'm very proud about what we've done. I know I inspired a lot of other um, entrepreneurs to get into this multi-billion dollar industry. And, um, but for me, I do, I do have a sense of delayed gratification and, and yearning to scale it to what I see some of my competitors uh, go with doing far less. So, um, you know, I, we, we're very successful. I mean, we're in a lot of different grocery stores and retailers, uh, but just to have that footprint where we really have our well-building institutions set up, we, uh, that's the goal and we're not there yet. Well, I'm happy to say when I was in Northern California, I decided how would I bless my son for his Father's <laughs> Day? We shipped a case it, it, it travels of well. Cajun Fire <laughs> Brewery beer. And uh -huh. he and a couple of partners, they enjoyed it. He said, Mother, that was a great gift. He said, we will be promoting it up in Northern California. I said, I John it. would certainly appreciate <laughs> that feedback. He said, I yeah. like every one of them. And he said, as my uh, buddies and I was watching a, 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 a wrestling, a, not wrestling, but a boxing match, he said, I set aside a sample of each of the brands you sent me. Everyone was tasting them and they wanted more. So hopefully let's grow geographically in Northern California and more money, more money, John. That California, that's like a country in itself. That, that state's so big and diverse. All that expendable. I have another connection for you too in the Sacramento area too. So, I'm going to take you up on it. Okay, you got it. You got it. Let's spread it. Let's, this is what the podcast is all about. Economic equity for everyone, every day. If I can be that type of support system through my influence, I want everyone to know about Cajun Fire. So let's keep the questions going here. I got one more for you. Who is your biggest role model? So my biggest um, role model Unfortunately, it's uh, as far as it pertains to just my professional background, of course, you know, grandmother, my uh, two-parent household, my, my parents, you know, uncles, brother, you know, even my wife, all, all inspirational figures in my life, all people I, I channel in um, and, and ultimately drive me to, to keep going forward and, you know, don't get deterred or distracted. But um, in the profession, um, I got two role models that I follow like they blueprint. Uh, one is deceased, uh, Theodore Mack Sr. He was a, a pioneer, a black American uh, entrepreneur, a civil rights activist. And unfortunately his narrative is just starting to kind of get some breath and, and, and get into the hands of what it needs to. But long story short, he created the first black owned beer company in US history um, called People's Brewing Company. Uh, he was a, a sharecropper in Alabama wind up getting a uh, football scholarship to a college in West uh, Wisconsin, in Osage, Wisconsin. And um, from there, he did a lot of civil rights uh, activism. Um, he decided he wanted uh, us to have skin in the game in the beer industry. And that will let him to acquire a brewing company called People's Brewing Company. And um, he, he thrived for a good four years um, in, the, in one of the most racist climates in the U.S. at the time. And uh, with something that was as culturally at, uh, protected as beer is, um, the amount of uh, milestones he was able to create uh, have just only recently been 
you know, overcome. So, you know, considering what he did back in the, the late 60s, uh, it, it was just his stories is cr pretty crazy. And if, if any of you listening audience is listening, just try to check out Theodore Max Sr. He has a book um, that's out that his son helped uh, bring the light and get published. And uh, I got a pretty great relationship with his son. And it's like, you know, for me, that's one of the best professional relationships. Um, somebody that's extremely further out there, um, the theologian St. Augustine of a hippo. He's the patron saint of craft beer. He's also the school that I come from. I hail from the, the mighty St. Augustine, you know, purple. Um, he's our patron saint. And a lot, even like some of my alumni brothers, we don't necessarily know that he's the patron saint of beer. He's also the patron saint of print. Um, he got his, or he got, he is a black uh, theologian. Um, that's how he's depicted in a lot of different uh, documentation. He's from Algeria. How um, he received his sainthood, he actually uh, cured leprosy via his production of beer. When you're, you're a leper, you know, you're, you're dehydrated and that was the only drinkable uh, source of hydration. Uh, they didn't understand the microorganisms and things like that and how that works in the bio. And, you know, that's how he got ordained his sainthood, literally by saving people via his ability to brew beer. So that's my, that's my two um, figures, you know, I aside from you, my- This is an uh, interesting and amazing interview because we're getting so much history and you have done your homework to understand oh, yeah. your industry, this billion dollar industry. So I hope the men in purple support you because you have a strong network just in that name, St. Og and the Purple Knight. That yeah, should be. Yeah, and I got two products that's on the way. Uh, it's almost like a double disc. <laughs> uh, that's how I look at it, kind of like an artist rendition when I'm brewing my beer. Uh, so I have a product that's called Old to Augustus. That's going to be homage to St. Augustine the Hippo. And then we're going to follow up with, it with another product that's going to further dive into it called From Hippo with Love. And, you know, we already yeah. protected the trademarks, word marks, all that. And hopefully we can get the uh, blessings from the theologians. Uh, in, in the area, so. All right, well, John, we're just about out of time to wrap up this particular uh, podcast with you today. And we're talking with John L. Renthrow, the founder, the president and CEO of Cajun Fire Brewery Brewing Company. Now, before I leave, John, let me throw, throw in real quick something around equity, because as you know, the Hustle Skirt podcast is all about economic equity for everyone every day. If there was one word that you can, just off the top of your head, describe equity, what would be that one word that comes up for you? I would, um, I would stay, I would stay love if I had to put a word tied to it. Um, you know, love can be the most destructive weapon, or it can be the most resourceful weapon, you know? And I think how equity is treated, particularly in our society, you know, it's not too much love. So we get a lot of like, particularly in the black community, we have a lot of disparities that we constantly engaged in that um, don't allow us to necessarily fulfill like what we've been put on this earth to do specifically as it pertains in the, uh, the economy side of things. So that, that's, you know, in a nutshell, what, what word I would tie to might've been kind of deep, but that's, you know, that's how I roll. Well, you had to bring it that deep because it was a great word. I love it. 
and the way you put the spin on it as it relates to the minority business community in terms of our worth, our talents, our skills, the, the sweat equity that we put in to build our brand. And like I said earlier, you and I, we're just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. You did your homework to say, this is a market in this space, I'm gonna tap into it. And you're gonna bring a whole lot of people along with you. You shared that in an interview that you're trying to influence others to get into this particular industry. That's love, John. So that was a good word that you chose. But we're yeah, so, gonna close yeah. out okay. at this particular time. And just to remind our audience that you are listening to the podcast Hustle Skirt. And in this particular interview, before I leave, so that you stay true and follow Mr. Renfro as often as you want to, please visit my website at www.persistencelane.com where you will have an opportunity to give me a, John and I a rating of this particular interview on iTunes, but just a few others, just to name a few that you can watch this interview again, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Amazon FM. And so again, that website is www.goolassoc.com. And John, as I ask each question, we didn't get a chance before I close out to have your contact information to share your website outside of this particular interview if folks want to visit to learn more about Cajun Fire. Would you take a moment to introduce, give us your contact information? Sure. And I, and I know you got an international listening audience, so uh, I'm going to provide my website is drinkcajunfire.com. Um, you know, check me out. Uh, we, we occupy a space of more than 10,000 craft breweries in operation in the U.S. today. Only 80 are Black-owned. Uh, much more significant is an organization called the National Black Brewers Association. It encompasses all of our Black breweries. Uh, we're a collective that just got started um, this past January. We have amazing leadership. Uh, I forgot the website, but if you type in on Google, National Black Brewers Association, I'm going to defer my, my vouching. Go check them out. That way, wherever you're at regionally, you can tap in, uh, support these black businesses, learn about what they do. And if you want to get involved with this multi-billion industry, that's my charge to you. Check it out. It's worth, uh, it's worth the dive. Beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you, John, for doing that. So just want to wrap up our show on the Hustle Skirt Podcast. Please visit the website, persistencelane.com. You're listening to the Custom Church Podcast, the show that brings you economic equity for everyone, every day, with your host, Deborah Bull. John, thank you for the privilege and value of your time today. Make yourself thank a you. great day. Take care, John. All right, cheers, everybody. Thank you so much.